I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And I am <sighs> taking a deep breath today. I have to do this periodically because I get caught up in the hubbub. And even though this year has been different and quieter, my schedule altered, it's definitely been demanding in different ways. We all have things that encroach on our time, right? And the last month for me has been filled with book launch stuff, marketing things, bookstore appearances, Zoom classes, deadlines, and fun things, like a couple of visits with friends who I haven't seen for the last years and interviews, family stuff like helping my daughter with school, which essentially means hollering at my daughter to sit up and get her schoolwork done. Golf games now that the weather has turned, right? Life is full. And you know what I'm talking about because you're living a full life too. It's the fun and the creative, full stuff of living. The difference was... That a few weeks ago, I felt like I hit a wall. I was feeling exhausted. And instead of pushing on and nearing burnout, I adjusted how I managed my time. And I began to feel better. Studies show that time management isn't just about getting stuff done. It's not just about productivity. It's about boosting our well-being. And when you feel better, you're going to be more effective at whatever it is you decide to do. Time management is about easing stress. And it's about being present to and with the things you decide to do. A new review evaluated the findings from 158 different studies of time management. And that covered 50,000 people. So researchers looked at the effects of time management and the strategies used by 50,000 people over 30 years. They went back and reviewed the research from 30 years prior up until 2019. And they made some new discoveries. What they found is time management has a greater impact on how we feel and our quality of life than on our productivity. Now, of course, if you have a structure in place that helps you use your time well, you are going to get more done. Researchers found people with time management strategies showed a moderate increase in productivity, moderate. But people who utilize time management strategies to manage their life, 72% reported a stronger sense of life satisfaction and felt more fulfilled. 72%, that's a big number, right? According to researcher Brad Ian at Concordia University in Montreal, Ian explains that time management helps people feel better about their lives because it helps them schedule their day-to-day around their values and beliefs, which gives them a feeling of self-accomplishment. Researchers also found that time management skills can have an effect on our anxiety and distress. If we're not managing our time well, we have a greater degree of work-life conflict, which makes us feel imbalanced, out of whack between our family and our time at work. And that causes a lot of stress, right? And, and that work-life balance is 
paramount whether we're in the office or we're at home. I felt just as much of that during the quarantine when I had people <laughs> moving around my office and, and interrupting my work. And I felt pulled to be two places at one time. So time management helps us manage that kind of work-life conflict. Can you recharge my newest book? I write about this and I write about the importance of aligning our actions with our values as often as we can to build this sense of satisfaction and calm, right? When we are not behaving in a way that aligns with our values, we feel out of whack, stressed out. And this causes an energy drain, which chips away at our vitality and veers us toward burnout. When we use the time we have to foster the things we value, we feel better. And time management helps us do this. So how does it work? Well, for me, I mean, it depends on what's going on in my life, right? I think time management has to be adapted to meet the circumstance. The way we were living last year is different than the way I'm living right now in this June, right? And when my daughter was younger, my needs, my time needs were a lot different than they are now that she's 15. So I don't really believe in a day-to-day balance or an hour-by-hour balance. Some days require more family support. Some days I'm all in being a mom or I'm all in being a wife. Other days I'm really focused at work and I spend more hours working. But in the end, I don't swing any direction too long. So it'll go like this for a few days and then I'll swing back and and give more time to the family or more time to my health or whatever it is that fit my values. Writing a book, for example, is super demanding. It requires butt-in-the-chair work for months, for years, actually. Uh, During that time when I'm working to actually get the book written as per my contract and deadline, during those days, I'd always take time for a family dinner And when the rush of the deadline is over, you know, after those nine months or six months, things would slow at work for a while. And I'd I'd roll back uh, and be more available for free time with the family. Okay. When my daughter was an infant, I was all on all the time. She needed somebody to feed her and dress her and play with her and all those things. And you can see how this shows up in your life. But the thing is, we get this notion that we have a set of rules that govern our time and we are reluctant to adapt them. I think having effective time management means adapting our schedule and the way we spend our time from day to day when those windows come up for us. It's good to have a basic routine, but then we have to shift it when something fun comes into play or somebody's needs change. So I think of it as a customized time management program. It's different for each of us. All of us have different needs and your program may not work for me, but it's worth structuring your time in a deliberate way so you know how to spend it. Okay, here are the three principles of creating a good time management plan. You need to have structure. You need to protect the time that you have and you need to adapt accordingly. So structuring is about scheduling and planning the things, when you're going to work out, what your work schedule is going to look like, what you need to accomplish when you are working, 
when you're going to do something fun or see your friends or go for a round of golf or hang out with the family, right? So jot down some of the key components, the things you want to fit in each day. And then schedule them in a way that protects those things. So those things get accomplished. Protecting is really about setting boundaries, blocking out the distractions. When it's a writing time for me, it's a writing time. I schedule on my workouts because otherwise the rest of my life would push in and I wouldn't get the workout done. And since health is one of my values, this was an important part of be aligning my behavior to my values, right? I needed to work out. I schedule it. I schedule my writing time. Those are uninterrupted times every morning that I'm going to actually do the work. In the afternoons, I tend to do more emails, more marketing, more interviews, research, those kind of things that don't require the same creative mental power. They require different skills, right? So structure your time, Protect the things you want to accomplish by blocking it out on your schedule and then adapt when you need to. You know, the other day we ended up having an emergency room trip. Everything's fine. But that obviously was a greater priority than the emails I needed to send in the afternoon. That meant I didn't get those emails done and that was fine. Let those things go, right? What does this look like me for me right now? Well, we have most of our dinners at the family table at least four times a week, and I protect that time. And sometimes we argue and protest and hate what mom has cooked and all these things that happen. I'm not saying this is always fun time, but this is time that's important to our family. So I write that in my schedule, I protect it, and we will adapt that schedule this summer as things change again, okay? I only go out one night a week socially. Um. Otherwise, I get too tired. I get too anxious. And it's important for me to, to keep important contacts. But it's also important for me to have some time to myself, um, to do the things I enjoy, like reading, the quieter things. And it's super important for me right now to have a lot of family time that's not work-related. So at the end of the day, I like to spend time with my husband. We'll go play golf or we'll just sit and talk or binge watch a show. I like to spend time with my daughter. And since I have some other work meetings the other night, that means that I only go out one night a week socially. Okay, I protect that time with my social schedule, my friends, and I protect the other things that also are important to me. And that means I have some downtime every day, I schedule that in. So how does all this happen? Well, the time the times vary, right? I don't get two hours of downtime every day. Sometimes I get five minutes, but I do protect it and I write it into my schedule around a reading assignment or something that's going to be quiet. I'm sitting outside for a minute, meditating early in the morning. I may get up early to do that. I have three things on my must do work list each day. And believe me, I have a lot more than that, that I want to accomplish and need to accomplish in a week. But I found that when I see more on my daily list, I get overwhelmed and I get a little frantic and distracted. And the bottom line is not everything is essential. In fact, there are very few essential things. I can do bits of projects each day and consistent effort over time is going to get the job done. So the three must-dos are finishing up an article that's on deadline or reaching out and confirming 
an appearance that I have coming up, recording an interview uh, for this podcast with a guest who's scheduled to meet that day. Then I will keep a longer master list of the things I want to accomplish for the week or for the month, and I'll just keep it out of sight. So if I finish those three things each day and I have time and and to work, then I will take on a couple more of those things. Otherwise, I just jot it on the list. A creativity coach I talked to once talked to me about keeping a parking folder. Those things that I don't need to get to right away, but I don't want to forget about either. So I put those on a list because otherwise I'm going to forget and that makes me anxious. So this way they're on a list, they're out of sight. I do my three things a day. Each day I pull it out, add the three things for the next day, and that's how I work to prevent feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. You know, there are the things we must do, like work for most of us. But after that, just about everything else can be negotiated or managed. Or um, we can even have room for a little spontaneity. Okay? So when we have that, when we are deliberate in how we spend the time outside of the must-dos, we feel more autonomous. And that is a support to our well-being. That's when we feel, you know, excited and enthused. So, listen, I say no to a lot of things as well. Because my values are that I need to manage my health. And I my value my time with my family right now while my daughter is still home. And I say no to other things so that I can be energized and excited about all the things I say yes to. If I'm fried and then I'm meeting with a group of friends at the end of the week, I'm not 100% for those people. And no, that's what I care about, right? If I'm fried from work because I've had too much all week long, so I will manage the number of interviews or the number of appearances I have as much as possible during that week when I know I'm meeting with friends at the end of the week so I can preserve the integrity of those relationships. In the beginning, when I started thinking like this, I thought, oh, there's just so much work and and I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do everything. That's baloney. That's not true. That's a belief that I had that the minute I started doing it differently, a couple things happened. It felt better. I don't have to take it all on. I felt better and... I realized that there were things I was doing that really didn't need to be done. Either they were unimportant, I could delegate them, I could hire to have them done, or I could realign the work I was doing to fit my values more so it wasn't such a stress. So simply start today. Take a look at how you are spending your time. Are you enjoying the time you had? Are you feeling fulfilled? Are you creating meaning? Are you learning, creating, exercising, doing the things that are healthy for your mind and your body? Listen, I don't love everything about my job, but even the most mundane tasks are easier when they lead me closer to things that I do value, right? For example, I don't love the marketing end. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed about marketing my book. But I believe in this message and I love to write books and I love to connect with the readers and hear from you one-on-one. So the marketing part, that dynamic 
is what allows me to do the things that do provide meaning. So this isn't about only doing what you love, but it's about thinking and aligning things in a way where they fit your values and where you block out the time to give them your all so you can do them efficiently and feel good about it and satisfied about it by the end. That brings us to the Simply Nifty segment today. These are things, practices, ideas, books, cool things that I like that have helped me. And today I've got a practice for you. So in your planner, I want you to write down your essential tasks. But I want you to also write down the essentials of things that fill you up. So for example, one of my essential tasks is meditation. One of my essential tasks is working on a writing project that I'm doing. Those things fill me up. Could I go a day without doing it and still survive? Yes, but I would be less satisfied. I wouldn't be as happy. I wouldn't be as connected. And that would deplete the productivity in the other areas of my life. And I don't want to do that. I want to feel in alignment. So today I want you to plan out your day or your week. Look at the things that are on your to-do list. Look at how you're blocking out your time. And then I want you to make a list for tomorrow of the essentials that needs to get done. And one of those essential tasks, please include something that lifts you up, that inspires you. Because adding these things into our days help us to get everything else done. So when you're managing your time, this isn't all about work and chores. This is about the essentials that provide a structure for your life that you want to live. So my planner includes the essential work deadline of the day. It includes my workout. I put my workout in like an appointment because I was always getting squished to the end of the day when I was too tired to do it. Now it's a priority and it's scheduled every morning. I schedule my podcast interviews and my other uh, writing around it. So it's in there like an appointment. I schedule my off time. I block out when I'm going to leave work for the day. No. And and then I schedule the essential work tasks that have to be done that day to move me forward on the projects I'm working on for the week, okay? So some days this gets squished. Remember the part that we have to adapt and change. I don't hit it all every day. But when I see three things that align, three things scheduled, it seems doable instead of overwhelmed. And when I see something fun in there or something fulfilling or something that I know is healthy for me, I feel energized by that. So time management isn't just about fitting in how you're going to get more work done. In fact, we know that time management is about creating a higher quality of life you will feel better. And then by default, you're going to get more done, right? Because when we're energized and enthusiastic about what we're doing, we feel healthier and we're more productive. So try it. Put in three essentials, including one that lifts you up and see how it goes for the week. Think about what you are doing when you feel good. Think about your optimal workload when you feel productive and not overwhelmed. Create that master list so you don't lose track of things and don't worry about it. Put it out of sight. Pull it out when you catch up and you want to add more to your list. But I do limit what I put on my daily schedule because 
One chapter can take all day. And if I finish it early, then I can pull in other things. But I don't want to feel overwhelmed if I don't get the 20 things on my list done for the day. The point of managing your time is to produce well-being, not to add to the stress and burden of our lives. Okay? A couple of things to think about as you plan your own week. When do you do your best work? Match a responsibility to the time of day when you are best suited to it. So when I write, I do it in the morning. It works better for me in the morning. When do you do your exercise? I do my exercise before one o'clock. Anything later, I'm making excuses and it's much harder for me to do. What you will you do for fun each day? I read or I golf or I visit with friends or sit quietly, take my quiet time. I do that every day. Then block out some time to recharge, maybe a weekend morning when nothing's planned. Have a day when you have nothing planned and it's open. So when you wake up, you're free to decide whether you want to sleep in or go to the farmer's market or go for a hike or do nothing at all. We need a day like that each week. And here's another little hint. Stop multitasking. I know. I'm a really good multitasker, I feel. But the truth is research tells us only 2% of us can do it well. And those are the super taskers. Now, here's the other thing research says is that most people think they're a super tasker. <laughs> so, of course they do. But that's not supported by research. That doesn't back me up. And when we multitask, we tend to make more mistakes tend to take more time and feel more frantic and stressed. When we're doing too many things at once, we don't do any of them as well as when we take on one task at a time. And often we have to go back and spend more time f fixing our mistakes. So don't do it. It stresses us out. But if we are careful in what we add into our day, ensuring that we're living close to the things that matter to us and have time to create and build and complete the things that are essential for the day, we're all going to do better. So give it a try. Let me know how it goes. You can find me at polycampbell.com. You can join my Facebook community at Author. Check in there and join us for Shouty Thursday. I'm telling you what, check it out. And uh, Twitter at PL Campbell, Instagram at Polly L. Campbell. I mean, my bona fides, right? All this social media. In any event, I'm out there. I'd love to hear what you think about all this. And um, good luck. I'm hoping you're filling your schedule with things that add fun and meaning and creativity to your life. And when we take steps to manage our time, not only will we get a little more done, but we will have greater health and well-being. And that's what we're going for. We have a right to feel good. So let's create the practices that help it do it. All right. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I'll be back next week. I hope you will be too. And right now, let's go forward and live well, do good, and be happy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. 
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.